the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer. Today, we will hear a classic message that we believe will be a blessing to you. Our goal is to teach God's Word in a way that compels you to live a life that overflows and blesses others. Let's join Bishop Greer as we continue the teaching from our previous broadcast. Watch what he did. It's a man. He had every excuse to walk away. He ran ahead and climbed up. Here's something I know. If you're looking for an excuse, you're going to find it. Something I know. But I also know if you're looking for an answer, you'll find it. It just depends what you're looking for. If you come here, you're going to find a problem. We got some. But if you're looking for answers, we also got some. He climbed up into an inconvenient, the trunk of a sycamore tree is pretty wide and uh, the branches are a little high. The short man did the inconvenient. He climbed up into a sycamore tree to what? See him. Zacchaeus would not let his view of God be obstructed by imperfect people. Whether he had to crawl or climb to a seat, I like this man. He was going to find and see his Jesus. He climbed up a tree to see him. And this is what it's going to take sometimes. The issue is you're short-sighted. I'm short-sighted. And we need perspective. Do not use your short-sightedness as an excuse. When you walk away, you're not hurting Jesus. You do, though. You're really hurting you. The crowd didn't care about Zacchaeus. So if he would have walked away, he would have gave the crowd exactly what they wanted. So you walking away is harming you. More than the church, the pastor, the Christian neighbor, you think you're punishing. He went up to see him for he was going to pass. He knew Jesus was going to pass that way. Let me ask you a question. If you lived back then and you knew that Jesus was going to pass a certain way, how many of y'all might want to show up and be there? Okay, I saw, I saw most hands go up. 
Well, every week, that same Jesus stops by grace. So why aren't you regular? I mean, at least live stream or something. And when Jesus came to the place, some encounters with Jesus depend on us getting in position first before they can happen. Now, Jesus did his part and went where he was supposed to go, but Zacchaeus also had to do his part and show up where he needed to be. When Jesus came to the place, and that's amazing that the place is usually hidden behind some obstacles. When he came to the place, Jesus looked up and saw him. He saw a man that through personal grit, perseverance, and determination was up a tree and out on a limb. People didn't like him. They were stabbing aristocrats and tax collectors, you know, in crowds back then. But actually, he's risking his life to get a glimpse of Jesus. But here's the deal. When you really go after God, no matter the cost, God will spot you. And just like Zacchaeus, he will eventually single you out for blessing. I recognize that we would like to just hit the easy button and everything just, just fall into place. And we have that dynamic encounter with the Lord. But as I just said, often those most powerful moments happen right after some obstacles were placed in my way. After I faced some opposition, after I had to push past some things to creatively figure out a way to move forward. And he said to him, Zacchaeus, it's amazing Jesus knew his name. Make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. He, he had just, Pharisees, the scribes, and the Sadducees, they all lived in this area. They, they had homes there. He bypassed all the holy crew. All of them. And he decided he wanted to stay at this tax collector's house. But here's something that's true today, and it was true back then. You only invite yourself to stay in, in, in the homes of either close relatives or very close friends. You know, I could show up at grandma's house, she'd receive me. I could show up at certain aunts and uncles, some aunts and uncles can't. But, but you know, I, I, <laughs> you know, I'd show up at certain houses. I could show up at the Milton's house. I could show up at, at, at the Watkins house. And, and I know that they'll, they'll, they'll receive me. Why? Because we're friends. We, we have a relationship. So what was Jesus saying by inviting himself to his house? He's saying, we're family. Saying there was a closeness and a, a kinship that Jesus had with this sinful man that was willing to push past excuses. A man that was willing to do whatever it took. See, when you seek, you will find. When you knock, the door shall be open. When you ask, it shall be given. But you've got to persist. You've got to do the knocking, the asking, and the seeking. And when he did it, Jesus called him friend. And everyone's upset about this, and we're about to see this in a moment. So he made haste and came down. Though, you know, it, it might have felt like he was 
on the limb of that tree, out on the limb for Jesus for, for what it felt like an eternity, God will not leave you hanging. He will eventually show up and honor your faith. He came down and received him, what? Joyfully. When our hearts really turn to God, God makes our hearts happy. And when I'm not happy, that's when I say, Lord, is there any part of my life I'm not surrendering to you? Lord, I'm, I'm giving this area to, over to worry and anxiety. Lord, I surrender it to you one more time again. And when I do that, there's a joy unspeakable, full of glory that invariably comes. But watch verse 7. But when the Jesus crowd saw it, when the church folk saw it, they all complained. Religious people always find something to complain about. I think, it's just my opinion, it's not in the Bible, but I think we should name churches a little more honestly. I think some churches maybe should be named the first church of the nitpickers. The second church of the 12 belly acres. Or the third church, if I hate everybody, that's a little bit different than me. And maybe the fourth church of the chosen frozen. <laughs> what I'm trying to say to you is we don't want to be this way. We want to be full of grace, kindness, and mercy. They all complained, everybody, saying, he's gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. They complained that Jesus was ministering to too many sinners. They're upset that Jesus went to the house of a sinner. But if you think about it, whose else house could he go to? All have sinned. I have had the privilege to travel around the globe. And I have discovered something. Didn't really like discovering this, but I have discovered something. That outhouses in Africa, outhouses in South America... Smell just like the outhouses I visited in the Catskill Mountains in America. The point is, we tend to look down on people whose sins are a little different than our own. But what you need to understand, it all smells the exact same way. So whether he was in the house of a Pharisee, a Sadducee, a scribe, or a tax collector, it all had the same stench that Jesus was willing to walk through. Do you hear what I'm saying? Jesus is like mother. She, he changes diapers. He's not put off by them. But imagine a bunch of babies saying, you know, y'all smells worse than mine. 
And mama don't love you. Mama gonna take care of mine quicker than they take care of yours. But some of us, mama likes mine. Well, mama likes mine, don't like yours. But that's what we do as a church. Mine don't stink. Mine is better. Let's, let's move on for this analogy. <laughs> Verse 8. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, I give half of all my goods to the poor. When repentance really comes from the heart, it will show up in our deeds. The Bible says, where your treasure is, your heart will be what? Also. He had found the pearl of great price. His heart, Jesus, whatever. If it, you know, if it takes half of everything, Lord, whatever. I just want to make you happy. Then he says, and if I have taken anything from anyone, you know, I commented on this in the earlier service, and I think it just bears repeating. Have you ever had someone come to you, well, you know, and if, you know, I offended you, you know you offended me. What's this if about? Well, Zacchaeus posed the same garbage here, but, but God still blesses him and, and uses it. But you know the guy had, had done some things wrong. But he said, if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I will restore for, for what? Full. What is he doing? He's actually protecting Jesus. These were people under the law. And they were like, why is God showing grace to a sinner? Like, this grace thing, what, what, is no, it doesn't matter how we live anymore, Jesus? It doesn't matter, you know, if we try to live righteous life? Are you licentious? I mean, you're giving license to sinners now? You're rewarding sinners with your presence, God? What are you doing? But this man is quick. And he caught on to what was happening. And actually... When he said this, he vindicated Jesus. Scripture says wisdom is justified of her children. And people were saying, man, you're too loose. Jesus, you're too gracious. And and all that love, love, sloppy, agape stuff. There's something wrong with that, Jesus. You can't live like that. That's not real world. But watch what his grace accomplished. The Bible says... It's his kindness and goodness that leads us to repentance. And it was his mercy toward this man that caused this man to have this change of heart. So the man stood up and, and he said, listen, if, if I have taken, done any, I will pay it back four times. What happened? God's kindness bore fruit. And what I want in my life, and I'm sure what you want in your life, yes. is not for, God, for people to look at our lives and criticize the grace of God. Yeah. Saying they go to church, but let me tell you, they do this, they do that. No, no. May our lives yes. say that, you know, the people look and say, you know, God's shown that man mercy. I know he did, but let me tell you something. I see fruit. I see a change. I see that he's different. God's not just being sloppy. God's not being loose. God's grace in that person's life has affected change. And now he's more righteous and holy living than ever before. But it wasn't because Jesus beat the man, criticized the man, 
condemn the man. Because Jesus embraced the man, loved the man, wrapped his arms around the man. He was willing to get criticized for being with the man. Because of that, there was a heart change. God's kindness leads me to repentance. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come. Sometimes it's not easy to say whether or not someone's saved or not, because you don't see a lot of evidence. But this man made such an evidentiary statement that to all the onlookers that would question, his statement was enough and the change of his life and his heart was enough for Jesus to boldly say, I know that boy got to be saved. I know how he is with money. I know what he does with money. And for that boy to stand up here talking about he's willing to give up half of everything he has. His salvation was evidenced. But his salvation was a result of God's grace. He said, today salvation has come to this house because he is also a son of Abraham. What did Jesus just do? Put his arm around him. Brought him back into the fold. People treated him as a traitor, as an outsider, as a sinner worse than them. But he said, no, this is your brother. He, too, is, is a child of Abraham. You see, this man, like you and I, had obviously made some wrong turns in his life. But what's wonderful about God, though he knew we would... He has placed a a spiritual GPS system deep down in our souls. And in that GPS system, if we just press the icon for home, he will get, the the, the prophet said, you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. You see, if God made us follow him and be saved and We'd be slaves. We wouldn't be free. So God said, listen, I'm giving you the button. It's deep down the inside. But here's the deal. It's there, and as soon as you do it, you're going to hear my voice. I'm going to tell you exactly where to go. In fact, you know, in my college days, you know, I I didn't no one taught me how to evangelize. So what I would do, and actually it worked better than the many things that I, I was taught later, People say, well, what's going on in your life, Derek? What's, what's happening? And I'd explain to them. They say, well, how could you know that this Jesus stuff is real? And I said, this is what I want you to do. I'm not going to argue with you. I don't even want to debate with you. But tonight when you go home, I just want you to pray. I want you to say, God, show me who you are. And it's amazing. Every person with a right heart that went and asked God who he was was in church just weeks later. It's it's amazing what happens when you push that button. Lord, I want to get back. I don't know how. There's so much stuff out there. There's the mosque. There's the church. There's the temple. There's this. There's that. God, how do I get home? But when you cry out, with an honest heart, and you're willing to push that button, God will always show up 
and you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. It'll tell you, make a right turn, a left turn, go straight seven miles. It'll tell you, God will be right there guiding you to the place of true worship. Verse 10. We'll read it twice, and then we'll be through. For the Son of Man has come to seek the beautiful people, the wonderful people, people that got it all together, people that got it all figured out. No, he said, listen, people criticize him for being with sinners. And he said, listen, it's the sick that need a physician. And I can't be with you because you don't think you're sick. People criticize the church, and yes, we should at times be criticized. We do stuff wrong. We do. And we need to own that. But here's the deal. If you went to the hospital and saw a bunch of sick people in the rooms, would you be surprised? It's a hospital. So if you came to the place of the great physician... Should you be surprised that there are a few sick people, a few crazy people, a a few infected people, people with problems, people that need attention, people that need help, love, and care? You've heard it said. People say, I I want a perfect church. You heard it said. If you stepped into a perfect church, the moment you stepped in, you ruined the church. Because it'll no longer be perfect. There's no perfect church. There's no perfect people. But there is a perfect Lord. And that's who we worship. For the Son of Man has come. This whole message today is a seek and rescue mission. He's come to seek and to save that which was what? Lost. You may not know this, but your face has been plastered and and, and, and put on every milk carton in heaven. Have you ever been to the post office? You see all these missing persons deals and, and wanted deals? In the post office in heaven, God has plastered your face Every angel that goes in there to send a piece of mail, there's a missing post. There's a reward put out for you. And all of heaven has, have you gone to the Walmarts and you see the little signs and, and the people missing? In the Walmarts in heaven, when the angels go shopping, when they have a glass of milk, when they try to send a letter, God has put a picture of you in their minds. And the reason you're here today, you think you just came. No. What happened was an angel was trying to drink some milk. He saw you on the box. And then he came down to earth. And he said, oh, is that, that's you. And he's, he has worked your whole life to bring you to this moment. All of heaven has been invested and grabbing you and finding you, even though you, you made some wrong tongues, done some things wrong, you are still precious and still valuable in God's sight. Your sins 
will never stop God from loving you. But your sins may stop you from loving God. So in this moment, let's deal with the whole sin issue. Let's get it washed. Let's get it cleansed. Let God give you the freedom to love him back. You don't want to be a selfish lover where it's just about you. The Bible says that once we give our life to him, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. My goal, yes, I want to be loved by him. But after loving him, I want to love him back. And the way we love him back is by giving him us. This has been a classic edition of the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer, pastor of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. Our prayer is that this teaching from God's Word strengthens and inspires you to live a life bigger than yourself. So remember, you can access this message and much more for free at gracechurchva.org. And we also invite you to join the Grace Church family for service online by connecting on our website or on YouTube at gracechurchva.tv. That's our time for today. Until next time, remember, you have what it takes to live big. Family, we are in unprecedented times. People are hurting, crime is rising, and despite our best efforts, the church is becoming more and more polarized. We have the white church, the black church, Latino church, Asian church, etc., all with important interests, but the principal interest must always be the larger cause of Christ. Jesus said, a house divided cannot stand. So if we're going to survive these uncertain times, it's vital that we deal boldly with the hindrances to our unity, and chief among them is race. When my children were small, I taught them to do four things when they hurt each other. Number one, admit their mistake. Number two, empathize with the pain they caused. Number three, find ways to make things right. And number four, move forward with their relationship. But each of these steps could only take place after a conversation. It's time for us to talk. Join me and leaders like Don Crow, Pastor John Jenkins, Pastor Samuel Rodriguez, Gordon Robertson, and many others by signing the Statement of Change. Go to letstalklive.org. That's letstalklive.org. And we can make a difference together. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.